Amazing. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, forgive me. I have a little bit of a cold. I actually was not planning on even preaching the service. We were going to show video. Just one of those moments about 30 seconds ago. I was like, somebody get my Bible and my iPad. We've got to go. I got a little cold, uh, a little phlegm. Front row, front row. Uh, may want to get like a tetanus a shot or a flu shot after. I promise. I've already had COVID and all of the other things. So it's not COVID. I'm fine. Everybody just relax a little bit. But uh, we're going get, to get through this together. Hey, what an amazing video. Uh, expansion offerings happening next week. You guys excited to give next week for our expansion offering? If you're new, uh, once a year, second Sunday of December, uh, we expand our ability to reach and connect people. We don't do uh, pledges or, or fundraisers here at Action Church. We believe in the faithful returning of the tithe. And then once a year, we expand our ability to reach and connect by giving over and above our tithe. And that's next week. Also next week, uh, one of my good friends, uh, John Bevere, will be with us next week at all of our services. Got an amazing message, and then we'll receive and worship God with our offering uh, at the end. And then... Last thing before we get into to Vision Sunday is you got a, uh, some Christmas invites when you came in. Come on, everybody. Everybody loves a good Christmas invite. We made it a little, we love a good bait and switch here at Action Church. And so we made it look like you're giving somebody a gift card. It's a little folded option. It looks like you're giving them a gift. And I would encourage you to put a gift card in there. $2, $5, $10. The question is, what is somebody's eternity worth to you? I don't know what it is. But you pray about it, invest in a neighbor or a coworker or somebody, and I believe that there is salvation, there is freedom, uh, there is restoration, there is breakthrough on the other side of your obedience with inviting people. Some of our services here at Winter Park are already at 60 or 70% full with three weeks left, and so if you wanna pick which service you go to, you may wanna get on, it's a free seat, priority seating, uh, get you a row, get you 20 seats, and then fill them, don't, don't, don't get 20 seats and not bring people. Come on, somebody. Take these invites and, uh, and make them, uh, put them to good use. You excited for Vision Sunday? Yeah. Hey, I just, I believe there's a, there, there's a word, there's an idea, there, there's a thought that God has for us uh, in this next season. It's around this idea of, of vision. And, and I believe the challenge or the, the mandate, if you will, for God on, on our church at Action Church is this idea of dreaming, but in the context of Action Church, as we head into year eight, celebrate our, our eighth birthday and our, our eighth anniversary, the end of January, it's this idea of dreaming again. That maybe we've, we've lost some things, we've, we've changed some things, we've settled for some things. Do you remember when you were a kid, how many dreams you had? Remember when you were a kid, you were like, I, I, when I grow up, I want to, anybody? Fill in the blank. I want to be a, a, a fireman. I want to be a, a police officer. I want to be a construction worker. Little boys, we always had those dreams. Me, I want to ride on the back of a garbage truck. That's all I wanted to do. Every time I saw them, I thought, that's so cool. They just throw stuff all day, and then they hang on with the handle, and they got their foot off, and they look, that is my dream. I realized that as I got older, there was more to dream about, but that was my, my dream. Why is it? As we get older and we go through seasons and we go through situations and we go through struggle, maybe, that we begin to dream less. We begin to settle more. We begin to just show up, push through, clock in and clock out. And our dreams, they, they begin to diminish. Here's the overarching thought for our time together this Vision Sunday. When, when dreams are replaced with the details of life, they have a tendency to die. 
And I want to encourage somebody today that it's, it's okay. It's okay for you to begin to, to dream for God's best again. Proverbs 29, verse 18, this is actually in the message paraphrase. <clears throat> it says this, if people, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Would anybody here at Winter Park, worshiping online in our location, would you say that it would be something that you would want to, just your life to be most blessed? Anybody? Pastor Eddie, the first service was about 50-52. We have people in our church that don't want to be most blessed. Just, just kind of blessed, just little blessed. No, when we attend to the things of God, when we begin to pursue a, a God-given dream, it says that we will, we will be most blessed but we replace those dreams with details and with the mundane, and then we just settle for a life of mediocrity or consistency. I'm gonna give you three truths about dreams, and then I want to jump into how we prepare heading into 2022 for our church to, to dream again. Here's the first thing I want you to write down. If you're taking notes, write this down. Dreams can be the way that God speaks to us. Dreams, God-given dreams on the inside of us can be the way that he speaks to us. Acts 2 says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. That there are, are things that God has for you and that he has for me, that he has for your family and for our church. He has more. Visions, pictures of what hasn't happened yet. When we're children, when we're younger, we have this, this, this focus of what could be. Come on, do you remember how good our imagination was? You go play out in the yard for hours, pretending to be whatever. I would go out and play full football games by myself. I'd be both teams. I'd be Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin. I could throw it and catch it and hand it off to Emmett, just me. We get older, we lose our imagination, we lose our vision, we lose our, our dreams. We need to have a different, a different perspective. Second thing is dreams are the focus of our faith. Dreams are the focus of our faith. It says this in Hebrews 11. It says this in the New King James. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not yet seen. It's a substance, it's something to connect to, it's something to hope for, it's something to cling to. Pastor, I, I, I don't see it coming true. You don't see it because it's a God-given dream. It is outside of your limitations. It is, it is outside of your control. It's something for us to connect to. We, I keep going back to it. We just lose our, our childlike faith. Just go back for a second. My dad's actually in the room. Hopefully you had a great father or a great mentor like, like I did. But I remember dreaming and having faith. I remember when I was growing up, I believed my dad could do anything. Anybody else? My dad could beat up your dad. Come on, come on. Kindergarten, first grade, yeah, for sure. Totally could take your dad in a foot race, in an arm wrestling match, in a fist fight, bare knuckles brawl. It doesn't matter. My dad could beat up your dad. I got a little bit older, and I realized my dad was about 5'9", 165. Probably not gonna take down everybody's dad. 
Probably smarter, maybe better dad. A lot of things true, but probably not in a physical confrontation. But I had this picture that he could do anything. If you don't hear anything else today, you need to hear that God wants us to view him as our heavenly father that way, that there is nothing he can't do, that there is nothing too big for him, there is no battle that he cannot win. Like when you talk about your father in heaven, you talk about somebody who created everything, who is undefeated, you can look at your life, you can look at your situation, you can look at your vision or your dreams and say it is possible, not because of me, but because because of God. Because the third thing about dreams is dreams have a habit of coming true. Luke chapter one says, for nothing is impossible with God. What about my thing? No, nothing. Not a thing in your life is impossible when you invite God into it. You're sitting right now in a seat you are the culmination. You are the picture that dreams come true. I remember not knowing a single person in 2013 in Central Florida, moving here with 30 people, leaving jobs and leaving families, not having any access to key relationships or buildings or anything in Orlando. And we just had a dream that thousands of people would be served and they would be reached and they would be connected. I'm just here to tell you that you can look at this picture in this auditorium and at Sanford and at South and at Oviedo that, that dreams do come true. When we told people about it, you gotta be careful not to tell the wrong people about your dreams. I remember telling our church planning organization, we're going to Orlando. They said, go somewhere else. <laughs> number six, D church. Number nine, unchurched. Our church planning organization never planted a church here that had over 200 people in it. The most failures in our church planning organization came from Central Florida. They said, it's a graveyard for church planners. Go somewhere else. I said, I can't go anywhere else. We have a dream. Wow. How do you know it's a God-given dream and not your dream? It's when it's selfless, not selfish. That your dream cannot stop with you. Your dream is not just to fulfill you. I'm not talking about your great ideas, although I'm, I'm grateful God gave us creativity. I'm not talking about your personal goals. What I'm talking about today and dreaming again is the things that God has put on the inside of you that won't just change you and your situation and your family, but will help change the world. It's time to dream again. Say, Pastor, that's not for me. I'm in a season of anxiety or depression, of grief or of loss. Well, join the club. We've all been there or we're there right now. I'm here to tell you that do not let a bad season keep you from believing in a very, very, very good God, that he has more for you and he's not done with you. And if you're still here, he's given you the strength to survive whatever you're going through. And I just believe the word for the Lord from the Lord this year is it's time to dream again. So how do we do it? How do, how do we believe for more? How do we pursue all that God has for us? I wanna go to an Old Testament prophet, a minor prophet, Habakkuk, rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Little known fact, I'm always Bentley Kingston are in this service and, and Habakkuk was a top five name for me. <laughs> it's not true at all. But I wanna read uh, chapter one. I wanna give you some context to what's happening and then I will jump over to chapter two and kind of study it phrase by phrase. Uh, in our brief time together this morning. Habakkuk chapter one. This is the message that the prophet Habakkuk received in a vision. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? 
but you do not listen. Violence is everywhere, I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all the misery wherever I look? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. Habakkuk was on Facebook. Come on, that's good, you're welcome, you're welcome. The law has become paralyzed and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. Just thousands of years ago, it sounds like he's writing about December 2021. What do I do when I'm waiting, pastor? What do I do when God's not answering? What do I do when I've got all of these prayers but it seems like the, the, the world or my situation or everything around me just keeps getting worse? What do I do? Habakkuk chapter two, I'm glad you asked. It's time to get a vision from God. It's time to get a word from God. It's time to dream again. It says, I will climb up to my watchtower. I'll stand in my guard post. There I will wait and see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that the runner can carry the correct message to others. I wanna read it today and study it verse by verse, phrase by phrase from the Good News Translation. I wanna start with, I will climb my watchtower. How do we get ready to, to dream again? Write this down if you're taking notes. We gotta withdraw. We gotta change our position. We gotta change our placement. There are some times in life where you're never gonna hear from God or receive from God all that he has for you by staying in the same place. We've got to remove some distractions. It says, I climbed my, my watchtower. He, he changed his placement, catch this, he changed his placement so he could change his perspective. I wanna give us a month notice this year. We usually talk about it a little bit later but we're gonna, we're gonna withdraw like we do every single year. One of the first weeks of January, we're gonna go into a seven days of church-wide prayer and fasting. We're gonna end it with a powerful encounter night uh, on a Sunday night this year. And we do prayer and fasting every single year because we believe giving God the first of our year. But we also know that, that sometimes, oftentimes, we have to connect with God and disconnect from the world to hear all that he has for us. Habakkuk climbed the watchtower. He got away from the noise. He got away from distraction. That's what fasting does. We say at Action Church, prayer connects us to God. Fasting, it disconnects us from the world. So I want you to begin to pray. Where are you gonna withdraw? What are you gonna lay down? What are you gonna remove in this season so that you can hear the voice of the Lord, so that you can hear the plan that he has for you, so he can place his God-given dreams in your heart and in your spirit. There's just times where we need to change the scenery. Anybody love to go on a vacation? Again, like 30 people in here. I don't understand. You don't wanna be blessed or go on vacation. I just, I don't know about you people. We always say here, send your complaints to, to tyler.altoff at theactionchurch.com. But if you wanna send your most blessings in your vacations, it's justin.daily at theactionchurch.com. I will take all the blessings and all the vacations that you don't want. Now some of us, we need to climb a watch shower. We need to go on a spiritual vacation. You need to shake up some things and change some things and remove some things. You gotta change your environment so you can change your, your view. When you change your view, you change your perspective. We gotta withdraw. Here's the second one. I climb my watchtower and I await 
to see. Let's camp out on that word wait for a moment. You know what we don't like to do as, as Americans in 2021? Wait. We're so busy. We're in such a hurry. You will get honked at when the red light thinks about turning green. I asked somebody behind me the other day, they honked before it turned green. It's like they had a timer in their car, like it, like it just turned green. I was just taking my foot from the brake to the accelerator. There's nobody that makes me wanna fight somebody in their front yard more than that right there. You know what I mean? I go, and when I say fight them in the front yards where their kids can watch, you know what I mean? I want you to see what I'm about to do. We climb the watchtower, I, I gotta wait, but we're too busy. We're too busy. We've settled for hurry, for passing, for shallow moments. We've turned God into a drive-through experience instead of a sit-down meal. We want it wrapped up and delivered, paper wrapping, styrofoam cup. I got, I got to keep going. Make sure church service is out on time. Make sure I just go twice a month. I got things to do, Pastor. I was gonna come, but I'm not gonna come because I'm, I got a drive-through experience with our relationship with God. You will never receive God-given dreams and walk them out treating God like a drive-through. It's a fine dining experience. It's one of my new favorite things. I love taking people out to eat. I love more when they take me out to eat and pay, but that's neither here nor there. But I love, I love the time. Two or three hours at a great restaurant, you get to know so much about people, what they like to eat, the conversation, the appetizers and the main course and the side dishes and the desserts. I'm getting hungry right now. You get to find out if you have any respect for them at all by how they order their steak. <laughs> if you order your steak well done with ketchup, we're not going to eat again. <laughs> I love you with the love of the Lord, but we're not gonna be friends. Can't respect those decisions. You cannot trust anybody that orders it well done with ketchup. Just can't do it. Get fish, chicken, or pay for it on your own. I'm not paying for that. That is beef jerky. You're gonna be chewing that for a week and a half. <laughs> Time with God is not meant to be wrapped up and thrown away. It's not meant to be hurried. It's not meant to be ordered and then delivered. It's meant to be sat and enjoyed. Seven courses. We've got this and this conversation and what about this and we're going to savor this. If you want to experience all God has for you, you got to quit putting him in a box or in a bag and in a drive-thru. You got to sit down and say the presence of God. What do you have for me? What are you trying to teach me? It's not just a climbing to the watchtower. It's a waiting to see what, what God will do. Here's what the book of Psalms says in verse 62. It says, let, let all that I am, like all of me, mind, heart, soul, my emotions, let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. I love it says wait quietly before God. I think sometimes we do too much talking in our time with him. You ever met with somebody that never gives any room for a, a cup? God may not be speaking because you won't shut up. <laughs> Keep doing the same things, same distractions, same noises, same volume. And then when you actually pray, you just go through your list. And you're like, God's not speaking. It's because he can't talk over you. I was free. I didn't even say that first service. You're welcome. <laughs> here's, here's how God really 
really speaks to us consistently that a lot of times we overlook. It says, wait to see. And I was thinking about this week, to see. To, God, God's gonna show me something. And I believe the Holy Spirit revealed that to, to see, we've got to be in his word. Here's the next thing. If you want to be prepared for, for God-given dreams, we gotta, we gotta withdraw, we gotta wait, and then we gotta read God's word. We gotta see what his word says. So many people that we meet with say, God's not speaking. Well, are you listening? And then secondly, are you reading what he already said? Like we're so obsessed with, with voices in this generation that, that we forget that there's probably already a verse that spoke to him. Let me say it this way. Stop looking for a voice to accommodate or to affirm your feelings and start looking for a verse to actually build your life on. It's different. There are so many news outlets and media outlets and posts and blogs and podcasts these days. All you have to have is some technology and a couple of dollars to have a voice. But just because you have a voice doesn't mean you have anything of substance to say. And I'm not just talking at people, I'm talking to us. If you are just listening to this voice and that is your only access to relationship with God, good luck. <laughs> a sermon is never gonna change your life. A cute sermon point with alliteration that I worked on for way too many hours is not gonna change your life. It's the presence of God and the word of God. It's not human knowledge or human words. It's the word of God that will change your life. Stop looking for a voice, both Christian, non-Christian. Voices focus on feelings. That's why we love them. And with so many out there, you can find a voice to affirm how you feel. The problem is our feelings are the worst liars of all. Book of Jeremiah, the heart above all else is deceitful. Stop looking for a voice because it focuses on feelings. Start looking for a verse because you can build your life on, on, on truth. Well, Pastor, I've heard that one before. Me too. Come on, have you ever read a verse? I do the one-year Bible. Have you ever read a verse and, and you see it? It's the 73rd, 32nd, thousand time you read it and then just something clicks. You're like, I've never seen that before. You know why? Because it's a living document. The Holy Spirit speaks to you. I'm not talking about taking out of context or twisting it or getting weird. I'm talking about divine revelation where the Holy Spirit shows you something for the first time before. I never read that verse before like that. I never read it in context of this whole thing that's going on historically or chronologically in Scripture. I've heard it. I've read it before. Well, read it again. Read it until you believe it. Read it until it's on the inside of you. Maybe an extra step for a lot of us, not till you just believe it, but till you actually apply it and start living it. Why are we still talking about this, this, and this? Because we're all still struggling with it. Let's go back to Habakkuk 2. I think I offended some people there. Like, I really like these voices. Well, they're just not gonna help you. Like the word of God is. If voices contradict the word of God, how could they be beneficial for a Christ follower? Just leave that there. Climb the watchtower. Wait to see the Lord will tell me to say and what answer he will give to my complaint. The Lord gave me this answer. 
Write down clearly on tablets what I reveal to you. Here's the next thing. We gotta withdraw. We gotta wait. We gotta read. Next one, we gotta write it down. We gotta take some notes. Have you ever had a, a thought? I do this a lot because I communicate for a living. I'll be driving down the road, and, and I don't know if you've noticed this, if you've been at Action Church for any length of time, but there's a, there's a, there's a little bit of ADD going on in this brain. You ever had a thought where you're like, that's brilliant? Then you get back to wherever you're going, and you're like, what was I thinking about? <laughs> Dang it. You ever been there? Like you're like, you, you hear something, like I, I'll never forget that. Come on. I've been in sermons too. That's a great thought. I'll never forget it. What'd he say? You know why? Because a simple thought written down is better than a brilliant thought forgotten. And God has given you things in seasons. He's trusted you with things. He's shown you things. And you have a, 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 a foggy memory of what he did. What if you wrote it down? What if you wrote down your God-given dreams? What if you wrote down when he answered them? What if you wrote down what you were believing for? What if you wrote down the steps, the process he gave you? What if you began to, to write down the vision and the dreams? Why? Because it'll remind you. And it will hold you accountable. Because the last one is write it down. And it says, write it down clearly on tablets and so that we can read it. Because the last one, we gotta review it. We should go back. Go back and see what God did. We should review it so we don't repeat our mistakes. We should review it so we see all that God has done for us. We should review it because it will hold us accountable. In a practical way, as we come up on this fast, I just want you to know, the easiest thing to cheat on is a fast. Because you will convince yourself that God spoke and you don't have to fast anymore. Ask God what you should lay down for how long because every single year I have a conversation with somebody close to me. I feel like God already spoke. You wanna go to Chick-fil-A? <laughs> That's why we gotta withdraw, we gotta wait, we gotta read, we gotta write, but we, got, we gotta review it to make sure that, that we're following it. I wanna, I wanna close this, this message talking about some dreams that we have collectively for, for 2022 for for action trip, excuse me. The first one is we're kind of revamping our, our growth track here at Action Church, calling it our, our connection track and got new action steps coming to all of our locations. We're taking it from three steps to two step. They'll happen on the first and third Sunday of the month, step one and step two, the second and fourth. With a renewed focus on our mission, our, our vision, some training for you, more about us, how to help you, a renewed focus on baptism, we're doing those today, and this uh, in the next two weeks, we'll pass 15,000 decisions for Jesus in, in a little over seven, seven years. But if I'm honest, there's thousands of people that have given their life to Jesus that haven't taken that next step, and so we put some, some great practical teaching in there of what it means to, to go public with that personal decision. But an emphasis on baptisms, we're, we're launching our, our fundamentals curriculum that Pastor Tyler and, and, and a team wrote, uh, eight fundamentals of, of our faith. And along with freedom and a couple other things, we're kind of moving the finish line down. What does it look like to be connected at Action Church? What does it like to be a disciple? We know that we can never fully systemize discipleship. We're not trying to. We're just trying to put a couple extra steps in place so that you and I can begin to walk into all that God has for us. How could we walk into the God-given dreams if we're not free from our past or building on a foundation of fundamentals for our future? So we just wanna make sure that we're getting some next steps, making sure we're, we're digging a little bit deeper with our faith. Come on, going through a, 
a worldwide pandemic has shown how shallow some of our faith was. And we really came out of that season praying, say, how can we not only grow the church, but how can we refine and, and deepen and strengthen the church? Some of the dreams that we have, we're going to four services here in a few weeks here at our Winter Park location. There's no room. We have four, four services. I think they're gonna start at like 4.30 a.m. It's gonna be great. We're really gonna see who loves the Lord. You know what I mean? Let's see, now count the cost. We're, uh, we're believing, we got a dream for land or finding land or a building for our Oviedo location this year, taking them from portable to permanent. Got a dream for a consistent presence on, on campus at UCF, and we've already got some great open doors there. We've got a, uh, we got a dream, this one's already going, but, but a dream that the REACH Center will be completed in the next few months, which will lead to us mentoring and feeding and partnering our new shower truck for the unsheltered is being delivered in the next couple of weeks and feeding them and taking that portable and mobile. I just, I have a dream. This sounds crazy. I have a dream. Seven days a week, 365 days a year, somebody in a red reach shirt will be, red reach shirt will be serving somewhere in the greater Orlando area. That they will not be just a place where we have great services and powerful worship and encounter nights, but that this, this city will know that Action Church wants something for them long before it wants something from them. That they will know that there's a place that doesn't care necessarily what you believe at first to let you know, you don't have to believe all that we believe to belong here. We'll figure that out on the way. And in fact, we won't figure that out. The Holy Spirit will. Our job is to love, to go. And so I have a dream that we will be serving every single day. 365 days a year. This year, we're funding a, a full church plan up to $50,000 to Pastor Mayo Sewell and Live Church in Atlanta, Georgia. We're gonna be giving them between thirty dollars and $50,000 depending on our expansion offering. We have a dream. This is a big one. We about $150,000 that 2,000 kids across our four locations will have an experience at our Christmas store next year at Sanford and South and Oviedo here at Winter Park. And if you don't know about our Christmas store, it's my favorite thing we do because we partner with the parents. And I need you to know, parents, that's what we do. We cannot give your kids all the Jesus they need. It's a partnership. They're here about an hour and 15 a week. And so we create a partnership with these new families that we buy the, the retail goods and we sell them at 90% off. Why? Because we want the parents, the grandparents, the aunts and uncles to be the hero. We wrap it for them, put a bow on it, hand deliver. It's a VIP experience for everybody that comes through. We present the gospel, see dozens of parents and grandparents meet Jesus every single year. But then Sunday or Christmas morning comes and they open up those presents and the parents are the hero. We're investing in families, not that the church gave them something, but no, mom, grandmom, dad, granddad, they paid for it, they invested. People that need a hand up in life were there and let them know the church is with them not to just give them something out, but to partner with them to raise their kids. We're believing for 700 kids to come to our Action Kids Camp next year completely free as an outreach to our community, just out of our, our budget, out of our missions. We're believing that action recovery that happens here at Winter Park will begin to happen at multiple locations as we see people struggle with addiction and codependency and all sorts of different things. We're, uh, we're starting right now, we've got a team spearheading Spanish translation for our weekend services and then taking that out throughout our curriculum and our content to make sure that we have people that have immigrated to our country or that have 
uh, siblings or relatives, make sure that we are reaching people where they are and connecting them to everything God has for their life. How are we gonna do all that? I don't really know. Because when we replace the dreams with all the details, they have a tendency to die. We know where we're going. God's given us the first few steps. And I know he's gonna do it. Say, Pastor, are you sure? Yeah. It's a God-given dream. It's not selfish, it's selfless. It's not for you, it's for others. God loves this community way more than you do. God loves this church way more than I do. Those God-given dreams will come to pass. When will they happen? I have no idea. Could be three days, could be three weeks, could be three years. Could be three generations. But I believe God will be faithful. Two questions I don't have the answer to. When will it happen and what part will you play? Where will you be in the story? Will you be seated and watching or ushering people into eternity through your faithful giving and serving prayers? I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you've turned on the news or had a conversation, but I feel like we're kind of in this state of emergency. And as believers, we should always live in that state, by the way, because there's a real emergency. Humanity is spending eternity somewhere. And we are one day closer to that, all of us. One, one spot's really, really good. One spot is really, really bad. And we have an opportunity to, to show people the way, to help people get there. I'll close this illustration. Have you been on, a, on an airplane recently? Anybody been to an airplane? Anybody ever been on an airplane in their whole life? Have you ever heard of an airplane? Just give me what, just, just raise your hand if you're alive. Thank you, thank you. I fly a lot of Delta, uh, go international around the world, but when I'm flying close, I really like to fly uh, Southwest because they have the most uh, direct nonstops. I'd, I'd rather get there quicker uh, than, than oh, it's Southwest fans, good job. Okay, great. <laughs> it's the loudest club we got all day. I get it, I get it, cheap fares. Yeah, great customer service, I get it. Southwest is, a, is an open seating and if you get an A boarding pass, sometimes you get on, get on first and, and, and the best seat on a Southwest flight, if you're not on the front row, which is kind of debatable because you gotta put your bags above you, so that's it's iffy, is that two seat exit row. You know what I'm talking about, we call that most blessed. It's the verse you read earlier. You stretch out on a long flight, nobody's in front of you, you are in the exit row. The problem at the exit row, though, is you have, a, you have a, a responsibility. You have an obligation. Can we just pause for a second and talk about the problem that's going on on airplanes every single day? You're sitting in an exit row. That sweet little flight attendant comes over and tries to talk to you, begins to lay out the instructions on what you would do if the plane went down. And I've never seen anybody listen. Just eating your peanuts, watching your TV show. We're talking about death, people. Can you imagine if it actually went down? You'd be like, where's that pamphlet? How do I open this door? I should have listened. Where is Susie? Susie, come show me. Susie's busy. You said you could do it. They make you take out your AirPods or whatever you're doing 
after you've ignored them for 90 seconds, and they say, sir, ma'am, I'm gonna need a verbal response. Are you willing and able to assist in case of an emergency? And you have to give a verbal response. That's my question for you today on Vision Sunday, is we are in a state of emergency. The plane has gone down. There are people dying all around us, and I'm just here to ask you, have you taken your AirPods out? Are you still watching the TV? Are you still eating your snack? Are you still enjoying? Have you jumped off the plane and inherited all that God has for you while you left everybody there? My question is, are you willing and able to assist. God placed you in that seat. He placed you in this row, in this time to make a difference. And too many of us have tuned him out and focused on what we got. I got a vacation coming up. I got a movie I'm gonna watch. I'm excited about the snack options on this plane. No! I have an answer. I have a pamphlet of instruction. I know the way. Because I've withdrawn and I've waited and I've read and I've written and I've reviewed and now I'm ready. I've seen God give me my dreams. I've seen him show up and I'm ready to tell somebody else this is the way, walk in it. God's dreams are going to happen for this city. God's dreams are going to happen for lost people. People are going to be reached. People are going to be connected. When? I can't wait to see. Who will help? I can't wait to see. Because I guarantee you there is no better opportunity. There is nothing more fulfilling in your life than when you receive all that God has for you and then he gives you an opportunity to give it away to somebody else. We're going to dream again, regardless of the season. And as you begin to pursue God over this next month or so and asking God, what are you placed on the inside of me? I'm asking you, if he puts it in your spirit, if he requires it, if he places it in your path, are you willing and able to walk out a plan, purpose, the dreams that he has for you. Would you bow your heads at all of our locations today? Every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we love you. God, we praise you. We thank you. And I pray that we'd be a church that's willing and able. God, soften our hearts to the needs of others. God, give us the strength and the plan and the strategies to be able. God, with our time, with our schedules, with our resources, with our intentionality. Let it be both our heart and our head, willing and able. Church, every head bowed, every eye closed. I wanna give you an opportunity right now to meet Jesus for the first time ever. Maybe recommit your life, coming back to him today. God, he has so many great things in store for you. He really does, an eternity, a home for you, but it starts with a relationship with Jesus. You cannot receive God-given dreams until you receive the God-given sacrifice of his one and only son, Jesus, on the cross. Jesus lived for you. 
He died as you and he was raised to new life to give you victory. But you do have a role to play. It's a, it's a role of surrender. You can no longer be the loudest voice in your life. You've got to give Jesus control. That's you today. So Pastor Justin, I, I, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to accept him and surrender my will to his will. Would you raise your hand right where you are? Come on, for the first time. Recommitting your life. I got one, two, three. Come on, four in the middle. Five, six, seven. Hands up all eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, just in the floor. Ten or more in the stadium. See you, see you, see you. Proud of you. One, two people holding hands back there. So proud of you. God sees you. What a moment. Yep, yep, yep. Sanford, South, Oviedo, worshiping online right now. Just a couple more moments. Yeah, proud of you. Put your hands down. Church, if you raised your hand, would you praise in your heart as I pray out loud, say this, say, God, I love you. God, I thank you. I really thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm saved only by your grace. And I am confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you are the Lord. And I'm giving you that place today, complete and total control. God, have your way. Thank you. Thank you for choosing me. God, I pray for all of us. I pray for those God-given dreams. We're gonna seek you like never before. We're gonna hear from you. We're gonna write it down, we're gonna review, and then we're gonna take the faithful steps of obedience that you're calling us to take. We love you. We praise you in this place. Everybody at Action Church said amen and amen. Church, can we celebrate all of the decisions? Come on, really celebrate. I'm so proud of you.